page 857, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. And do you know what I thought we'd do? Let's read it together. We don't often get to say things in in this context and time that we're in, apart from the catechism. So let's just take every opportunity that we can to to read this together. we're reading from the ESV, so if you haven't got one, Johnny could grab one for you now. But it's verses 8 to 14. Why don't we stand and read this together in just honour of God's word and in recognition of the power of God's word as he's going to speak to us. So Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. Let's read it together. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, And lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. When the angels went away into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. There you go, extra verse bargain. You can sit down. Thanks, folks. Fear, glory, and peace. There are three key words in that passage that I want us to hold on to this morning. Fear, glory, and peace. And there's, a, there's an intimate connection between those three. And I just want to read again just the central verse of this passage, which is verse 14. It's the declaration that the angels give to the shepherds and they say glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Glory to God. Peace to those with whom he is pleased. That word peace, it's a a word we see a lot at this time of year, isn't it? It's on a lot of our Christmas cards. We sing it a lot and it's a word that, that is it's intimately connected to who we are as humans, to who we are as created beings. It's something that we long for. And that word peace has two meanings. The first meaning is, is a resolution to conflict. Or a, if you think about it in, in terms of national or geographic or political terms, we want peace in those realms, don't we? We want national peace. We want peace between countries. We want political peace. And actually that kind of peace that that we long for is the backdrop to chapter two. So we didn't read it, but right at the top of chapter two, if you look down, it talks about Caesar Augustus. Caesar was the the leader of the Roman Empire at the time and and he gave himself this name. He called himself the son of God. Now that's going to cause problems, right? Because when Jesus comes on the scene, what does he call himself? The son of God. So he's already kind of creating the backdrop for some political tension as Jesus comes onto the scene. We know that that as God comes in, there's going to be some tension with with the the leaders of his time. Now, actually, Caesar Augustus was fairly tolerant of the Jews. He gave them a a little bit of space to, to be who they wanted to be. But there's another leader at the time who we know from the Christmas story. Any of the kids know it? King 
king, you know it, Gideon. What was the king called? Say it again. Herod. Oh, King Jesus was, was in the Christmas story. Good shout. But King Herod, whoever said that at the back. Great. King Herod is on the scene. And actually, we know King Herod. He wasn't a nice guy at all. King Herod, you read in the other gospel accounts, actually is responsible for... He's trying to basically roll out ethnic cleansing, isn't he? As he tries to get rid of uh, the babies that are being born at that time, he is not a nice guy. And actually, we, we know from the other gospel accounts that Mary and Joseph are, are, in, are in fear at this time. The backdrop to the Advent story is fear. The Jewish people are living in fear. And actually, you get a sense of, of just the backdrop of fear when you see the response of the angel, uh, the shepherds to the angels. Like they're, they're fearful as they see the, the, the angels uh, just manifest in front of them. But the fear that they feel is actually reflective of the fear of God's people at that time. They weren't living in a time of peace. They were living in a time of fear, but they were longing for peace. They were longing for national peace. Now, is that the kind of peace that God is bringing? As the angels declare peace among men, is that the kind of peace that God is bringing, a, a peace between nations? Well, it might be. And certainly Advent, if we kind of remember what the meaning of Advent is, it's a time that we look forward. Certainly Advent is a time where Christians, we, we look forward to national peace. We look forward to a time when, when God will rule and reign over all of creation and there will be no war, there will be no conflict. We will live at peace with one another. We look forward to that day. The coming of Jesus, the announcement that the angels make here is actually talking about a more immediate peace. Yes, ultimate peace over the whole earth is coming. But the announcement of the angels here is a more immediate peace. The priority for God in stepping into our world is that he brings a personal peace that affects our hearts. This is what Jesus says in John 14, verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. You see that kind of fear and peace. You see those two key words that we talked about in the passage, fear and peace and And also Jesus in the middle of it. And Jesus saying, I'm giving you a peace that is going to affect your heart. As he says that, he's looking at his disciples and he sees his disciples as being troubled. Their hearts are troubled. He says in Matthew's gospel that when he looks out across the crowds, when he looks at his followers and the people are coming to him, he sees them as sheep without a shepherd. He sees them as people who are harassed. He sees them as people whose hearts are restless and troubled. And he comes to give them peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And I want to say to us as church family this morning, I know for many of us this morning, we crave that peace. Don't we? We crave that peace. We want that peace from God. We want our hearts not to be restless. We want our hearts not to be running at a million miles an hour. We want our hearts not to be confused and having to wade through the difficulty of this world. We want peace in our hearts. We want Jesus to look at us like he looks at his disciples in John's gospel in 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 chapter 14 and say, peace be with you. Peace I give to you. Peace I leave you. Do not let your heart be troubled. We need the peace of God. 
I was listening to Radio 4 this week. Don't judge me. That is what I do in the mornings when I drop the kids off. Radio 4 goes on. And they've been doing this series. Anyone else listen to Radio 4? Or am I just out on my own? I knew you would, Stephen, Ellen. Thank you. Um, they've been doing this series in the morning on the Today programme. Right at the end, they've been doing this little piece uh, called uh, Moments of Light. And they've just been getting different C-list celebrities to kind of share a, a moment of light in the midst of the darkness of the pandemic. And there was one, I think, on Tuesday, a comedian called Rob Delaney who was sharing his moment of light. And he's had a, a horrific story. His son, uh, uh, quite a, a young boy, died of a brain tumour. And this is what he said about his moment of light, light. He said, the only way that I can find peace when I kind of think about the death of my son, the only thing that brings me peace is the idea of death. It's the idea of dying so that I can be with my son. And his, his kind of understanding of what happens is basically we're all made up of stardust. And when he dies, he will go to be with his son in the stars. That is not peace. Longing to die to have peace is not a picture of peace. Listen to what Jesus said again. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives it. Do I give to you. See the world does hold out to us. A way that maybe we can find peace. Maybe it is through death. Maybe it is through getting lots of money. And filling our bank account. Maybe it's with a stable government. Maybe it's with a successful Brexit. Maybe it's with a vaccine. Maybe it's with getting married or having good health these are the things that the world hold out to us and say there you go there's your peace you can have peace just take hold of this thing but what happens if those things run out what happens if the money runs out what happens if what happens if the vaccine doesn't work what happens if brexit doesn't work what happens if the economy crumbles and the government falls apart what happens if you find trouble in your marriage or your kids aren't like you want them to be that peace is gone Listen to what Jesus said again. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Do I give to you. Jesus gives us peace. But not as the world gives us peace. See the peace that the world gives us. Is circumstantial. It needs something to be in place. It needs something to work right. Or things to be together for us to have that peace. And Jesus is saying. That isn't my priority. That isn't how I'm going to give you peace. The peace that I give you transcends circumstance. It's a peace that you can have in the middle of those things. It's the peace that you can have when the economy does fall apart. It's a peace that you can have when you're struggling in your marriage. It's a peace that you can have when we live with a a corrupt government and a virus and death all around us. That's the peace that Jesus gives us, folks. It's an immovable peace. And that is a peace that every human Even if they don't admit it, every human wants and every human needs. Because without that peace that God gives us, a peace that that works in all circumstances, without that peace, folks, we are are a people who who are in fear. And we are a people who are restless. But Jesus offers peace kind of peace that we need to rest our heart is available to us but it's Jesus's peace to give no one else will give us that peace no one else will give us the peace apart from Jesus 
numerous times through God's word, you hear him describe himself or others describe him as a God of peace or a God of all peace. Jesus has just said in John 14, my peace I give to you, my peace I live with you. The Apostle Paul says Jesus is our peace. He is the peace. It's his peace that we receive. And Jesus can do that because he has been at eternal peace with God. The Trinity has been eternally at peace with one another. It isn't like within the Trinity, the Father and the Son kind of break down in their relationship and they have to kiss and make up. That just doesn't exist in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have been at peace for all eternity. There has been perfect unity and union between the Trinity for all eternity. When the Father looks at the Son, he doesn't see him in sin. He doesn't see him unreconciled. When he looks at the Son, he sees perfect righteousness. When he looks at the Son, he sees sinlessness. And Jesus is saying, I'm inviting you into this. I'm inviting you into the peace that I enjoy with my Father. I'm inviting you into the eternal peace that I enjoy with the Spirit. A peace that is unblemished. A peace that that doesn't have to keep on being reconciled. That is what I am bringing you into. Folks, we should want to be in that kind of peace, shouldn't we? And that is the peace that Jesus promises to us at Christmas. A peace that comes into the perfect union of the Trinity. But we know ourselves, right? We know that when the Father looks at the Son, He sees sinlessness. He sees righteousness. But we know that is not us. The relationship that we see in the Trinity is a relationship we want to be part of. But we know, because we know ourselves, that it is a place that we really should not be. How can we be in that kind of relationship when we know that we are not right? When we know that we are sinful. When we know that we are not perfect. How can we be part of that relationship? Because Jesus comes to bring us in. That's how we take part in it. By Jesus bringing us into that relationship. There is a relationship of peace in the Trinity. And Jesus comes and steps into humanity to bring us into that. To bring us into that relationship of peace. How does he do that? Look at verse 14 again. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. There's the declaration of the angels. And remember these three key words. Fear, glory, peace. The link between being a people who are restless and being a people who are, who, are, who are in fear and being a people who aren't at peace and being a people who are at peace. The link between the two is what? Glory. It is glory that stands between fear and peace. If we want peace in our troubled hearts, folks, we need the glory of God. Glory just means the revelation of the full character, the full beauty of God, which we see in Jesus. So if we want to be a people who move from fear and restlessness to a place of peace, we need Jesus. He is the one that holds those two things together. The angels come and they announce that the glory of God, Jesus, is coming from heaven to earth. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those. In the highest heavens there has been peace. In the highest heavens there has been no need for reconciliation. No need for people coming together to sort out their differences. 
In the highest heavens in the Trinity, there has been perfect peace. And the angels say, Jesus is going to come and bring that down here. He is going to bring it from the highest heavens and bring it to you, humanity. Jesus is going to bridge the gap between us and God and bring the peace of God down to us. That's what the angels are saying. And when we think about peace, particularly when we think about just peace at Christmas time, maybe we kind of revert to thinking about just nice Christmas cards with snowflakes coming down and and a cute nativity maybe. And we look at the nativity and think, what a picture of peace that is. But actually the peace that the angels are talking about here is not cute at all. Christmas on its own, the baby in the manger on its own is not what brings us peace. Martin Luther King Jr. said this in the, in the middle of the, the um, a movement that he was spearheading back in the 60s. He said this, peace is not, the, is not merely the absence of tension, but the presence of justice. Peace is not merely the absence of tension, but the presence of justice. He was saying that it's not good enough just to, just to take away the, the, the uncomfortable and take away the, the arguments. He's saying if we want true peace... We need an act of justice. We need a a judgment to take place to give us real meaningful peace. And the journey that the peace of God takes from him to us, from the highest heavens to us on earth, is anything but cute. It is anything but mild. It is a million miles away from that cute picture that we have of Jesus being coddled by his mother in in a nice warm stable. That is not the journey that the peace of God takes from the highest heavens to us on earth. The journey that the peace of God takes from him to us, folks, is dark. I like to think of the journey that it takes a little bit like the ring in the Lord of the Rings. Any lovers out there? Tolkien? Thank you. Right, we can connect. The Lord of the Rings. It was actually the first film that Elizabeth and I went on when we were, when we were dating. Three and a half hours long, and I totally misread my wife at that point. Elizabeth fell asleep. At how the tables have turned when we watch films but uh, we went and we watched one of these films and it's a, a wonderful series of films and Tolkien basically uh, uh, shares the story of there being 20 rings 19 of them are good rings but there is one ring that is made by Lord Sauron um, which is the bad ring and um, 10 10 rings there's 19 actually if you read the books there's 20 sorry if you read the books um, anyway Uh, There's one ring that is bad, that needs to be destroyed. And a guy has a chance to destroy it, but he fluffs it. It goes into the bottom of the ocean. Gollum, that ugly character, manages to find it. It gets into the hand of... um, What's the hobbit called? Bilbo Baggins. And it's a journey of Sam and Bilbo uh, trying to get this ring and destroy it. And it takes them... Frodo. Sorry, Frodo and Sam. It's a, it takes 10 hours them to get this to, to where they need to get uh, the ring to, to, to destroy it. But the 10 hours of those films, you don't see them kind of just prancing through, the, through the, the forest and everything's happy. No, it's brutal. The journey that they take to destroy this ring is brutal. It is hard. It requires hard work and blood and guts and sweat. And it requires death in order to get it there. The way that the peace of God gets in the highest heavens to us, folks. It's not a simple handing over of God saying, there you go. There's your peace, have it. The way that the peace of God gets in the highest heavens to us on earth is through his, his son being beaten. 
It is through his son being falsely accused. It is through his son having his back ripped open. It is through his son hanging on a cross and bearing the shame and the guilt of it is to be stripped naked and have your mother standing by you. The journey of peace from the highest heavens to us on earth is Jesus' hands and his, and his feet being nailed to a cruel cross and a crown of thorns being pushed on his head. The journey of God's peace coming from him to us is Jesus Christ, the perfect son of God, who has lived in eternity with God the Father at peace. Having the full weight of the wrath of God and the judgment that is due to us bear down on him. That is the journey that the peace of God takes from him to us. It is not a cute story and a cute journey of him just handing it over to us. It is a dark journey. A journey that requires justice. A journey that requires judgment. The peace that God brings to us on earth is a peace that is forged out of the most costly, sacrificial act this universe has ever seen. Ephesians 2.13 says this, But now in Christ Jesus... You who were once far away, not at peace, you who were once far away have now been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Don't ever read that verse and think that that was an easy transaction. When we read that verse, we need to see that it cost Jesus blood. Now in Christ, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Jesus. For he himself is our peace. Jesus is our peace. Jesus who is the one who brings us peace between us and God. He reconciles us. He makes us right with God. He makes peace between us and God. And so for those of us this morning with restlessness, with troubled hearts, with anxious hearts. We need to know that Jesus holds out the offer of peace. Offer of peace to those who were once far off from God. And Jesus coming as a baby is, the, is him kind of starting that bridge between us and God. And his death completes that bridge and his resurrection blows open the door for our reconciliation with God and our receiving of peace with God. And he offers that peace to us freely. It was never the plan of God to keep his peace in the heavens. It was always his plan to bring his son to remove the hostility between God and man. Jesus comes not so that we can just have peace, but to make peace. To make peace between God and humanity and to make peace between humanity and humanity. God just doesn't make peace between us and him, but he enables us, brothers and sisters and Christ, to be at peace with each other. The only way that we can soothe our troubled hearts is to receive peace from God the Son. If you want to receive peace, but you don't want Jesus, you will not get it. If you want to peace your, like bring peace to your restless heart, but you don't want to come to Jesus, you will not get it. And that is the message to unbelievers and believers. If you are not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will not receive peace unless you come to Jesus. But all of us in this room who are Christians, if you want peace in your life, you will not get it unless you come to Jesus. So if you are feeling restless this morning, if you don't feel at peace, come to Jesus. 
Don't try and bypass him. Don't try and think, well, I can just work this thing out. Or, or, or if only I sort this issue out in work. Or if only I just kind of sort out this issue with, with this family member, I'll be okay. No, come to Jesus. If we want peace, we come to Jesus. You cannot separate the glory of God seen in Jesus Christ and the peace that comes towards men. Fear, glory, peace. The angels know it. And we need to know that as well. If we have no interest or no love or no passion for the glory of God, then we should not expect to be at peace. God intends to give us peace by being the most glorious person in our life. It's like Ryan quoted to us from Piper there. God wants to be the most glorious person in our life so we can be the most contented people on the planet. God wants us to be at peace and so he wants us to look to him and look to his son. And so as I wrap up, I want to do some application for us. And I want to give us four points of prayer and we're going to pray together. We're just going to, I'm going to lead us through prayer as we do this. It'd be helpful if you just turn to Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Colossians 3, verse 15, page 984. This is what the Apostle Paul says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. If we want to be a peaceful people, we need to come to Jesus. We need to see him and we need to ask for peace. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body you were called into peace. And be thankful. Now I know, because I know it's in, within myself, I know there's all sorts of troubles and anxieties and restlessness in this room this morning. And so I want to bring us to a place where we can come to God and receive his peace this morning. We are reconciled with God, but he wants to give us more peace, more, more, more just ability to, to push out the restlessness that we feel in this world. And so four ways I want us to do this this morning. The first thing is to do this, is to recognize that we are not God and that he is. Paul says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. For it to rule, we need to recognize that we are not king and queen in our own lives, but Jesus is. We need to acknowledge his glory, his supremacy, his beauty, his desperate need. And we need to to see that and believe that this morning. So I'm going to pray for us. And could I just ask just for the next three or four minutes. Children, can you let your parents just pray with me just for a few minutes? So just um, let them just focus on just talking to God. And if you just grab your pieces of paper and maybe just do something just for a couple of minutes, because this is so important. I want us to really respond rightly to the word of God this morning. I want us to receive the peace that he offers us this morning. So there's going to be four things I'm going to pray through here just really quick. And the first thing is this. I'm going to pray that each of us in this room can acknowledge Jesus for who he is, our king, and that he is supreme in our hearts and our lives. Let's just pray together. Us adults are going to pray. Kids, you can pray with us if you want. Let me just pray. Father, we want you to be supreme in our hearts and our lives. We want to see Jesus as our king. So humble us now. We confess that we are not kings and queens in our lives. We want to look to you and see your supremacy and see your authority and submit to you now. So help us to do that by the power of your spirit. Amen. Second thing that we see in this passage in Colossians is this. We need to recognize that we are already at peace with God. Paul says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. 
We already have reconciliation with God. We are already reconciled to God. And Paul, in this letter to the Colossians, he's reminding the church in Colossae to remember, reminding them to remember who they are. He's reminding them of their identity. There's false teachers trying to water down the gospel. And Paul is saying, no, this is who you are. Stand in the identity of who you are. You've already received Christ, so live from that reality. You are already at peace with God. There's no more reconciliation that needs to happen with God. You are already reconciled. D.L. Moody, a preacher, says this, A great many people are trying to make peace, but that has already been done. God has not left it for us to do. All we have to do is to enter into it. So I'm going to pray for us now. I'm going to pray that God will help us remember that we are already at peace with God. So let's just bow our heads and pray again. Father, we thank you for the finished work of the cross. We thank you for sending your son and Jesus. We thank you that it is through your life, your death, your resurrection and your ascension that we, we are now at peace with you. We are united to you. That your son Jesus has brought us into relationship with you. So Remind us right now, give us a a real powerful reminder, a tangible reminder now of the peace that we have with you. That there is nothing separating us from you. That we are in. The Son has brought us in and we are able to fellowship with you. Amen. Paul says, be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. Acknowledging that we are not God, acknowledging that he is ruling, is the path to joy. That is contrary to what culture says to us. They would say, no, you need to rule. You need to be supreme. But actually, the gospel says the opposite. The gospel says that when Christ rules, when we see him as supreme, that's when we have the trueness of joy. Specifically, when we think of the path that it has taken to give us the peace that we have. When we think of that kind of Lord of the Rings picture, but we, when we apply that to the gospel and we think of the path that it has taken, the Father in sending his Son and the path that Jesus took in giving of his life to give us peace, that should make us thankful. We should be thankful. We should be thankful for the gospel and we should be thankful that we didn't have to take that journey. We didn't have to walk that path. That Jesus made the payment for our sin. For us in our place. So I'm going to pray again just quickly and, and give thanks to God for the gospel. Give thanks to God for the truth of who we are and how he has made us who we are. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for, for the peace which we have. And we thank you for how it is that we've received it. We thank you for the, the path that your son walked in bringing us peace. Jesus, we thank you for the judgment that you took for us in our place. We thank you that justice has been served and you receive the judgment for us. Thank you that we don't need to feel guilt and shame for our sin because you have removed that for us. Thank you, Father, for all that you have given, Jesus, for all that you have given, Holy Spirit, for all that you have given to bring us into the people of God. We are a thankful people. Amen. Here's the last thing that we see, and this is from Philippians chapter 4. So why don't you just flick there, just a couple of pages to the left. Ephesians 4. Apostle Paul says this in verse 5. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here's the last thing that we do. If we want to be a people at peace, we ask for it. That's what Paul's just said. Don't be anxious about everything, but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving again, let your request be made known. And the result is the peace of God, which is inexplicable to us, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We need to ask. So here's what we're going to do. Just have a moment of quiet and ask God to bring us peace. And there might be specific circumstances in which we need that peace. And here's what I'd love for us to do. Spouses, if you're together, husbands and wives, just put our hand on each other and pray that God would bring peace in your marriage. Because I know in all of our marriages, there are areas of conflict. There are areas which we do need to walk in reconciliation. So husbands, would you hold your, your wife's hand just for a minute? Parents, could you put a hand over your children as well? Because there are ways in which we have dishonoured our children. And we need to seek reconciliation even with our children. For the ways in which we've spoken to them and spoken about them and treated them. And we want to be a people who are at peace with our children and at peace with our wives. Households, if you're together, just put a hand on each other, guys. Because I know in our households there are certainly areas that need to be reconciled and we need to be at peace with one another. And Paul has just said, ask for it. Ask for it, and God will grant it to you. So I'm going to pray for us and pray that God will bring that peace. And if you don't kind of, if you're not thinking of you two ladies in the back there, if there's nothing that you can kind of think of that you need to really seek peace for from God this morning, why don't you just hold out your hands as an act of just receiving from God? And as I pray, and as I pray that God would give us peace, just know that He gives it to you. I'm sure there are still areas in, in Europe in your hearts as well, in your lives, where you need to walk in the peace of God. So let me pray. Father, we thank you for the relationships that you have brought us into. And we acknowledge that we are sinners. We do speak in ways and act in ways which are not according to your word. And I'm not walking in righteousness. But Father, we want to be a people of peace. Liberty Church wants to be a people who, who walk in the peace that you have given us and administer that peace to those around us. And so we're sorry for the ways in which we haven't done that in our marriages. We're sorry for the ways in which we haven't done that with our children, with our households, with our parents, with our brothers and sisters, with our friends. And Father, we ask you now for peace. We ask that you would bring it as you have promised through the Apostle Paul. We ask that you would bring peace. Father, give us a sense of that now. Still our restless, restless hearts. God, our heart in your Son, Christ Jesus. We thank you for this gift. We thank you that you give it to all who ask. Help us to be a people who walk in through the rest of this week. Glory in your Son. Amen. Because let me lead, leave us with this. When we ask God for peace, he gives it. Many of us know this week, uh, Elizabeth and I lost a dear friend of ours. Um, Ashish, who was only 32 years old, and um, Ashish's wife, Steph, was sharing that at the funeral, she's just been overwhelmed with, with fear and anxiety and sorrow and grief this week. And as they had the funeral, she stood over the coffin of her husband 
five months pregnant with her baby and she prayed to God, God, give me strength. And she said, in that moment, I just felt overwhelmed with peace. That's, that's unreal. She just lost her husband. God in his mercy answered the prayer and gave her peace in the moment that she needed it. So don't just kind of dismiss what we've just done and think, oh, that's just Neil's application in his sermon. No, that is, that is the word of God bearing fruit in our lives. When we ask for peace from God, he gives it to his people. He's not going to hold back. Don't make that a one-off. Tomorrow, ask God for peace. Tuesday, ask God for peace. Keep asking God for peace because he keeps giving it to his people. Remember that we are a people who have been made at peace with God. We have already been reconciled. And he just wants to keep pouring out peace into our lives, into the relationships around us. Because he is a generous God who loves his children. He loves to give them more and more and more. What a good God we have, folks. As Elizabeth and Matty come up to lead us, let me pray. Let's stand and pray. And uh, Elizabeth and Matty are going to lead us through a couple of songs. As usual, you can kind of speak the words of these songs um, if you want under your mask. Or just reflect on what we're hearing. But let's use this time to respond to God in worship. To recognize him for who he is. To give thanks for his gift of peace. And even maybe now you want to ask for more. Maybe there's other circumstances in your life where you want to see the peace of God. Maybe you could use this time to ask for for that again. So let's just pray together. Respond to God for all that he is. Father, we thank you again for your gift of peace. We thank you that it came through the gift of your son. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for your resurrection, Jesus. We thank you that you are right now at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. You know where we need peace. Even where we can't see it, you know. We thank you that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will give it to us. So where we are looking for peace in this world, correct our vision. Draw us back to yourself, Jesus. Convince us and help us to believe that you and you alone are the source of peace. That we need in our hearts and we need in our lives. So help us to let go of the things of the world and to hold fast to you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you.